Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined as always, always, by my good friend, my business partner, uh, my my man of many things, the dear Jason Johnston Yellen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a pleasure to be sitting here in person with you in Southern California. I'm loving this episode because a, it's a surprise episode. Surprise, <laughs> and and B, it's it's with uh, you know a couple guys I would say are, are new friends to the podcast, old friends to a a dear friend of ours, the the dear Johnny Baldray, aka Whiskey and Donuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Carrie Hart uh, and Big B here. Big B, what can you say when you've covered Big B? It says so much in such a Short amount of time. When you say Big B, yeah, it's it's a summation. He is, he is big. I clearly tower over you, but <clears throat> Big B towers over me. Yeah, he he's a tall, tall dude. And you know, we we talked about it in in our last episode, which was which dropped yesterday with with you and Morgan. And again, this is sort of a not a surprise, but but sort of a special half episode. What I had mentioned is having these two guys on whom we've never met. Yeah. And they're kind of big names. You get a little nervous. Except for Big B. It's not a lot to that name. It's not a big it's name. Not, you're right. That's a short name. It's just, That's big a B short is name. Four, it's just four letters. Short name for a big man. There you go. But you, you get a little nervous at first, and it's not the first time we've had celebrities on. You know, we've we've had some some really nice people on here. Matthew Reese. Emmy Award-winning actor. Fois, fois, fois. Fois, fois, fois. Garth Ennis of, of The Boys and Preacher fois, fois, fois. and so on. Anyway, the, the list goes on. <laughs> and but what I really enjoyed was how easy it was to speak with these two gentlemen. The fact that we get to talk a little bit about their journey as professionals, mm-hmm. but then also... Their whiskey journey, as we're about to do in, in a moment here, we spend some good time talking about a love of Irish whiskey and how that connects to them as people, puts them mm-hmm. in a place. Yeah, I, I, I always I love that conversation with with everybody, and just like being at the Good Ride event that again we'll expound upon in this episode, but the Good Ride event attendees were people that I loved getting to know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And learn about and I'm always fascinated by people's palettes. And here we were speaking to Carrie and Big B about their palettes. Yeah, what they enjoy. Yeah. Which was really cool. And then they did something that I thought was really classy. As we went through this interview and we're asking them about their journey and we're asking them about their charity. We're asking them about their event, and we're talking about this collaborative <laughs> bottling that was really cool, and a lot of fun. Kerry asked us a question about our palettes yeah. and about our selections, and I, the way he just turned that interview back around and, and was curious what we would recommend mm. for him to follow up on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was cool. And he, I don't want to give away too much. I know, I know it is only a, a 30, 35 minute interview, but he wrote down the answers. 
It wasn't just yeah. lip service. Yeah, yeah. It was classy. Yeah, yeah. He he was honestly interested in, in what we as two whiskey guys who selected the bourbon for this collaborative bottling that we, that we did for uh, their Good Ride uh, charity event, the Tanks for Troops event. You know, Where the goal is to raise $20,000 yeah. for that charity from a single barrel. That's it's huge, right? It's, it's yes. huge. And, and, yes. and we'll, we'll bring that up really quickly after the interview. I want, I, want to, I want to touch on something there. But in talking with them and drinking that whiskey with them, it was clear that they appreciated the whiskey that we bottled, our palates, because it, it, it hit them. And so... It was a serious question. It wasn't lip service. I like this bourbon. This really, this re- I really dug it. What else do you guys like? Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. So again, this is this is you. This is me. This is Carrie and Big B. Look at that rhyme that I did. That was beautiful. And this was all done over Zoom audio. So the, the audio is not fantastic, but it's perfectly fine. If you've been on a Zoom before, <laughs> that's the quality. Like if you've been on a Zoom if, before, right? If, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's the quality of audio. So um, you know, I want to hand it over to our conversation with them. Is there anything you wanted to add before we do that? Cool. So here we go. You, me, Carrie, and Big B, and we'll see you on the other side. So Carrie, and, and I've got to ask this, I want to say, so Carrie and Big B, but like, per, do you always go by Big B, Big B, or do you go oh, by right. other names? My name is Brian Mahoney, real name Brian Mahoney. Um, my, my parents kind of gave me that name and it just stuck. So even when I started doing mi- uh, music, it, the, the name just stuck. It's like, it's BB, but yeah, Big B is what, is what it usually is, or just B, whatever you feel comfortable with, Brian, I don't care. All right. But okay. Cool. Well, usually, and, when someone and, says Brian, I either owe money or they're a police officer. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, "Oh, this is going to be an awkward moment when they when they come by my first name." I'm like, "Okay, I owe something or something's going on." It's like a parent calling you by your first and middle name. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Exactly. You know you're in trouble. So, so Carrie and Big B. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, we're really excited to have you on. And I realized though. When, when we think about our listenership, there's a chance that some of, some of our listeners may not know who you guys are and may not know about your own personal journeys within, you know, motorcycles and, you know, music with you, Big B, um, and whiskey as well. And so I wonder if you can just share your own personal stories or a little bit of that, your journey with, with motorcycles and with music, and then for us, more importantly, with whiskey. Nice. Well, I'll give you a little quick background on myself. Uh, my name is Kerry Hart, and most people know me from my day job, which is freestyle motocross. I've been a professional motocross rider for 25 years now. And uh, through my early days as a racer in the late 90s, switched to freestyle full time. And um, myself and about seven other guys kind of helped invent and grow the sport of freestyle motocross. And then as, as kind of life went on as I got a little older through my motocross career. Um, I then went on to uh, start a series of different businesses. So uh, by Big B and myself both, I, I owned a tap or I own a tattoo shop in Las Vegas. We did a TV series called Inked. So okay. there's a portion of people that kind of know us from the t- tattoo TV show days. And then further on down the line, 
And uh, to tie into what we do now is we're both brand ambassadors for Indian Motorcycle. So we go to a series of rallies each year, do custom motorcycle builds. And that has been our kind of, my, at least my adventure on two wheels to leading to. Uh, was was there a, just really quickly, was there a rivalry between Inked and Miami Inc? Yeah. So the funny story about that is, is uh, so Hart Huntington Tattoo, which I own, yeah. is the first tattoo shop in a, in a casino. Okay. So long story short, we pitched the concept uh, with the production company. We shot a pilot. We then went and uh, shopped it around all the major networks. And at the end of the day, it was A&E and Discovery that was hot to trot. Discovery wanted to own all of the marks. Obviously, I wanted I wanted to own the marks because I was doing this as a business. Yeah. <clears throat> we went with A&E. Discovery then fire drill to create Miami Inc. And then it was a race to the marketplace for the first show. Then we launched oh, wow. show, became competitors for... Uh, we, we personally did uh, five seasons of it. So okay. came up with the idea. They stole it and then put their version. And then to be tricky, they we had everything going and they they'd only been shooting for a week and they put theirs out a day before ours just so they uh. could do show. And it was terrible, but they oh. made sure they were the first ones. How do you like that? Competition of television. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I didn't go. know we'd be spilling the tea within the first five minutes. Oh, we don't. This is this is <laughs> excellent, <laughs> yeah. We don't. Mind. It's been so long now. Yeah, th this was back in '04. <laughs> yep. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, and 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 so then and so then with you, um, Big B, mm -hmm. talk to us about your your musical journey because I know you know you were in a band, if I'm not mistaken, with with our mutual friend Johnny. For a still good am. long while, still, and you still, still are okay. For me and does stuff with me. Um, I started in the 2000s, got my first record deal. Um, you know, toward, toward the world, uh, ended up having a few songs on the radio, you know, semi radio hits. And um, the whole time, this guy would tell me, Don't quit your day job, don't quit your day job. It, it's he called me the one hit wonder, do so much. And I think he just needed a friend <laughs> to stay around. So I, I kept working through the whole time for him and helping him with the tattoo shops and, you know, race team and everything else. I never quit. So I'd be on tour, do the whole thing. And then we, my, I come from a background of um, V twins and, and motorcycles. So once we got a little older, you know, it's not as cool as a 40 something guy jumping up there, rapping and singing on stage. It looks a little silly sometimes to me. I'm not that, I mean, we still do it, but not to do it okay. full time. I, the youthfulness of it's gone. Um, mm -hmm. so started building motorcycles and, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. I'm glad I owe, I owe him for telling me not to quit my day job. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not for calling you one hit wonder. Uh, I don't mind either. As a matter of fact, so I got a big chunk of money at the time. It was the most money I've ever gotten in my life. I went down and bought a brand new Suburban and the license plate said one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah. One H I T one D R one hit wonder. Oh my <laughs> oh, that's, that's really excellent. Yeah. Um, and so as you were going along, obviously for you, Kerry, when you're dealing with, with motorcycles and, and clearly for, for both of you, there's an interest there. How does the, the whiskey part of that fit in? And, you know, did you just start as a young guy knocking it back? Like, like a lot of us or, was there a native interest there? What's that well, part of the journey you know, look like? For me, my last name's Hart. So obviously I have a deep Irish history. Uh, my grandfather goes back to my grandfather. My grandfather was very prideful of his Irish heritage. He was a big uh, daily Bushmills guy. When he had a little extra money, he had yes. a bottle of Jonathan, but mostly it was Bushmills. To this day, I have a hard time with Bushmills, but uh, I usually have a drink of it for him. And it's just my heritage, you know, my, like I said, my grandfather, um, my dad and my uncles obviously are Irish. They were, my whole family, let's just say is pretty scrappy. 
And, uh, no, and I just kind of gravitated to whiskey at a young age, um, mm-hmm. you know, stealing little sips from my grandpa here and there. And, <laughs> you know, I, I've always enjoyed it. I'm not much of a, you know, I'm not a vodka guy or a gin guy. You know, there's just something about, uh, I've specifically Irish whiskey that I've really mm-hmm. kind of gravitated to. And so much so both me and my wife that our son's name is Jameson. So oh, um, wow. yeah. we have a love of Irish whiskey. There you go. And then obviously for, for bourbon and obviously the, the American circles in which you're moving, has mm-hmm. that kind of come along for you? Did you find a difficult transition there? Obviously the flavor profiles are somewhat different, but having sweetness in common. It did. It, it took me a little while because, you know, again, in your youth, whether it's, you know, monetary issues, whatever, you know, my first experience was Jack Daniels, not to say Jack Daniels is terrible, but it's a very heavy syrupy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, American bourbon. And, uh, and I, I always preferred the cleaner, lighter, uh, Irish whiskeys. So like my wife, for example, she loves the peaty peatiness, like the Lafroy oh, like heavy. Yeah. Uh, I, I compare it to like drinking in a, uh, uh, campfire. Um, so it, it did take me a little while, but I also feel that, you know, with age comes experience as well as a little bit more, uh, monetary income comes a little bit better quality of whiskey <laughs> So, <laughs> or the better American bourbon. I definitely started to appreciate it more. Nice. Yeah, I just wanted more bang for the buck. I started off with beer and I was like, this is, we need something. We need some more fuel for the spire. And at a young age, started drinking whiskey and then, you know, finally started getting a taste for it. But at the beginning, I was like, no, what's going to work the fastest? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so I, I don't have a, I don't have a big uh, love, hate relationship with whiskey. I just enjoy, enjoy it now and way more than beer or anything else. So I, I really uh, like a good whiskey like that. What's the one right now we've been? Uh, D- Duneville. Duneville. Yeah. I don't know uh, if I know that. Yeah, grab, grab the bottle. So funny story. Um, my one of my wife's really good friends, and I've become good friends with him. His name's Dallas Green. He's in uh, Alexis on Fire, a big Canadian band, and then mm-hmm. he has his solo project called City and Color. Huge whiskey guy. Absolutely loves whiskey. Yeah, here's here's the label. Beautiful label. It's not very expensive, either, but great great whiskey. So he, it's really hard to find, but it's not terribly expensive. And uh, our so anyways, our, our friend Dallas brought a bottle over one night and. Again, myself, my wife, and Dallas are whiskey lovers. And we, me and Dallas, mostly polish off the bottle. And, you know, later in the night, you're kind of like, oh, this is really going to hurt tomorrow. You know, you're kind of trying to prepare, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And truthfully, I mean, first and foremost, the taste, it, to me, it's very comparable to like, a, you know, maybe like an 18-year Jameson. It's really smooth. Okay. smooth though. I think it's a little light. Yeah. And um and I think at the time the bottle only retails for about 50 bucks. So it's really, nice. really affordable, really great. I love the label on it. You know, again, uh, Irish whiskey. This the one only- was free from whiskey and donuts. So thank you. They <laughs> yeah. found it. Found it. <laughs> I've been on the hunt we and I can't find it anywhere. Um, I mean, there are bottle shops that carry it, but it's just kind of far and few between. So, um, yeah, so that, that's been kind of my newest favorite uh, whiskey as of lately. No, that's not true. We have a new one. Oh yeah. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, no, I, I have I have established very expensive taste. You know, like my go-to is uh, uh, Middleton. Okay. Yeah. That is my all-time I, favorite. I, I love hearing that. I love hearing the love for Irish whiskey. I, I don't think I don't think it gets enough attention. And you hear about and we talk about it on the podcast quite a bit 
where, you know, they say Irish whiskey is coming back. It's going to be big. And there's so many mm. distilleries now being built in Ireland. Yeah. But the talk still seems to be around your Jamesons and your in your patties and your powers of the world. But it's nice to see this this other brand um coming out and people paying attention to red breast now. And it's yeah. it's it's like Irish whiskey seems to really be coming into its own. So it's it's nice to I'm not Irish. I'm just, you know, watching it from the sidelines. We are. Here, so. we, we thought it was at the time to do it and I, i'm sure i'm sure there's some scottish whiskey beans drank yeah like look at the head nod <laughs> <laughs> listen listen we're we're all celtic brothers together yeah, and if, exactly. you know well, they're just across the water doing their best you think that but the last time i was in ireland i was in in a pub getting drunk and i was like i'm irish he goes what's your last name honey he goes you're not Irish. You got an Irish last name. I was like, okay, correct. <laughs> you win. Yeah, you're, you're, you win. It was a fun like, You're not Mahoney. You're a Yankee. You're not Irish. You have an Irish last name. I was like, correct. You are, you are right, I guess. There is some of that controversy once you're born and raised in America, but come on. It's all blood pouring through our veins. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, we're all friends here. So. Yeah. So speaking of of new favorite whiskeys, I, I want to talk about the the bourbon that we all have in hand, and it's it's a collaboration that we're doing, uh, you know, with, with you guys through the the Good Ride charity. But before we start nosing and tasting the whiskey, you know, I think a good number of our listeners are maybe wondering why we're talking to you guys because we're always talking whiskey all the time. But on rare occasions, we do collaborations. We did a collaboration with a with a podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern, and that, you know, we got to talk with comedians on the podcast, which was cool. So here we are collaborating with you on a charitable event. And so before we talk about whiskey, which is the second most important part, let's talk about the most important part, which is your charity. Can you talk about the good ride? Yeah, so it's a it's a project Big B and myself started about six years ago. <clears throat> so much like to the story earlier, um, a, a big portion of our time is consumed by going to motorcycle events on behalf of Indian Motorcycle, and you know that's Sturgis, Daytona, big biking events. And I've always been very interested in starting and doing a charity. You know, through my action sports background, you know, I supported numerous charities through that. But I always wanted to do kind of something that we could kind of control, and it was like a good, you know a good uh, karma piece, let's just say. So yeah. as I Big B started spending more time in the V-Twin uh, industry and at, at events, there's a massive contingent of not only active duty, but veterans um, that mm. go to these rallies that love riding American V-Twin motorcycles. So that's kind of where the light bulb came on. You know, uh, my my uh, my wife's dad was a Vietnam vet, her stepmom also a Vietnam vet. And then my brother-in-law just uh, retired lieutenant colonel in the air force so i didn't know a lot about military prior to dating my wife which was now 20 years ago but mm. i have seen over the last 20 years kind of what happens with veterans you know they you know the government puts a ton of money into them when they need you and then they kind of throw you to the wayside when they're done with you so you know mm. through that connection with uh, myself and big b we started good right and you know we started small it's basically the the sort of the thirty thousand foot view of uh of good ride is First and foremost, we raise money for veterans. Yeah. Secondly, we do that through sponsorship as well as doing organized motorcycle rides. So traditionally, we do about three rides a year, um, one being uh, like Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. There's a rally around the central coast of California. 
And then we kind of pick a different city to do a third. And those really, uh, that's kind of the marketing of it. You know, we raise a little bit of money with the entry fee mm-hmm. uh, on the events, but the great part about it is we get to have about 20 to 25 veterans get to come out and ride for free with us. And for them, it's just a great distraction. You know, yeah. we got about 150 motorcycles. We're on the open road. We have a police escort. We go for a ride through the Black Hills of South Dakota or the Central Coast of California. Nice. And yeah. at our end spot, we have a great lunch and kind of talk about the day. So, so that's kind of how it started. Um, as we got into the, doing the rides, we wanted to kind of expand and try to do different events, which kind of links to the bourbon of, uh, of raising a little bit more money. So mm-hmm. sort of the, the, the shoulder to shoulder of doing the whiskey, the good ride whiskey, uh, we do an event with Johnny, as you mentioned earlier, called uh, with whiskey and donuts. So yeah. Indian Motorcycle gave us 25 motorcycle tanks. We had 24 different artists from America and UK all paint them, uh, you know, donated their time. And right now, currently, we have an auction so that anybody worldwide can purchase these tanks. Hmm. So as the auction culminates, the last three hours of the auction, we do this event uh, at the bike shed here in LA with, along with Johnny from whiskey and donuts, where it's just like a really fun cocktail party. We're doing whiskey and donut pairings and it's the last three hours of the auction. So people can kind of start bidding up the tanks and it gets to be a little bit of a frenzy and it's just a really good all around good time. But ultimately at the end of the day, we're raising money for veterans. And if you ask me, the real reason was all my friends couldn't go riding motorcycles with us. So I figured if we started a charity, their wife would never say no. <laughs> it's a little easier or fast. <laughs> Joking, but it, there's some truth to that. And then also, we, we used to go to all these events and he'd have to sit and we'd sit behind a, a table and sign autographs and stuff. And he's like, we could, there's got to be a better way to reach people and be out there. Let's start riding motorcycles and doing it. It's just a good feeling for two tattooed scumbags to be able to give back so much. You know, to the veteran stuff. Pretty, pretty cool. You wouldn't think that we do it. So sometimes I'll just be driving, riding and stuff and smile like, yeah. Who would have thought that, you know, from being such a knucklehead and blacking out on whiskey when we were young, but yeah, now we're, yeah. we're doing back. So it's pretty awesome. You can you can tell you both do have Irish lineage because you are both very funny. And I, and I love the fact <laughs> that I'm just sitting here chuckling away like two tattooed scumbags. Like yeah. your words, Big B, one hit wonder, Kerry Hart's words. Like you guys are brilliant. Well done, chaps. Well done. Yeah. After 25 years, we kind of we're like a yin and yang or whatever. <laughs> to be around us, Rin and Stimpy. Yeah. To be around <laughs> us, have to have a very thick skin. Yeah. Uh, Josh and I were just reminiscing about Ren and Stimpy this morning. We were just as well. this morning. How weird is that? Then, huh? There you go. <laughs> right. Just I, I know we're going to talk about the the bourbon in, in a second, but I I heard from Johnny. You've also got a beer collaboration going on as well. Uh, listeners of the podcast are are big beer and whiskey fans. Do you want to talk a little bit about that beer collaboration you're up to and how that came about? Yeah. So I um I have a good friend of mine named John Edney. Uh, he's it was in a band. We were in a band together called OPM. Uh, early 2000s and we still do stuff turned all over Europe Scotland everywhere else um, had, had a couple of songs on the radio too with them um, he ended up starting a brewery in Thousand Oaks called Tarantula Hill um, pretty real cool place they they have a 
one side of it makes ice cream, all handmade ice cream. And the brewery, me and him just started going back and forth. And then after we were talking to you guys and different stuff, we're like, why don't we do a beer too? So yeah, we we have a um, end of April, I think. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, I'm not a big beer guy, but he is. So he picked mm. the beer and stuff. So he can tell you about it. It's an IPA. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, to, to take a couple of steps back, you know, uh, the, the partnership with Johnny and doing the beer, you know, it was just that it's not like, we're trying to jump the fence and go hard into, you know, bourbon and whiskey and beer. But again, it's just a great collaboration, you know, to, to Big B's point. Johnny has a, an amazing uh, brewery and tasting room. It's really cool in Thousand Oaks, California. And it was just a great opportunity for us to kind of bring our culture of motorcycling to his place. We're going to do a great party. Uh, most of it will be kegged, um, but there will be a portion of canned beer to be uh, sold. Okay. And the great thing is Johnny is going to give a dollar for every pour uh, back to our charity on this oh, collaboration nice. that we did. And yes, I'm, I, I love beer and I'm definitely an IPA guy. So I don't think Big B's gonna be drinking too much of it. I, but. I go there for the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing as, you know, being able and uh, thank you again for you guys, uh, you know, collaborating with us on this and doing it, but it's the same thing with Johnny um, from whiskey and donuts, John Edney from Tarantula here. We're all friends. So it just makes sense. And to do cross promotion and just do cool stuff and get the names out there. We get the charity out there. Plus we, we help those guys push it a little yeah. bit. Same, you know, the same as doing your podcast or whatever. These are people that may never have known about these things. So it's cool to get them out there and kind of cross promote everything and everyone works together to move forward. Well, and a bit like you said a moment ago, which is when, when you find yourself out on the bikes and you're smiling and you're saying, how the hell did we pull this off? Mm -hmm. This for us is every collaboration. Yeah. Is what makes this life even more fun is collaborating and working with good people. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's that's the payoff for what we're all busy doing. So I don't know if you could yeah, see yeah, this, sure. but you know, we whenever we work with the distillery, we put this a distillery directly, we put this logo on our label, which just says the spirit of collaboration. And and that's yeah. what it's been like for us. You know, it's we are whiskey lovers first and foremost that want to share the good news about this distillery and that distillery and the most fun, like the, the most fun aspect of it is that collaborative experience where you can bring in this person and that person. And, and it's just, it makes the business aspect of it fun, which is, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's great to see you guys doing that. And I think that's, what's great. Like what you're talking about, you know, like we come from a world that, you know, even though there is an element of competition, whether it's, you know, my motocross stuff, his music, now working in B-Twin, customizing motorcycles, I, I think it's great that we're kind of in, you know, sort of an era right now where it's about building each other up and working together yeah. as opposed yeah. to whether it's beer, motorcycles, whiskey, you know, you go back 20 years ago and it was like the big five in each category is just battling for footprint. And now you have, you know, mm -hmm. boutique companies and, you know, home brewers and different type of people. They're just collaborating and just trying to elevate each other. So yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, well said. Beautiful. Well said. Ready to give this a sip? Absolutely. I sure am. Yeah. We started the morning sipping on some bourbons and now we get to sip on this one, which is uh, we'd gotten, so we, we'd purchased about 10 casks and five of them were bourbon. Five of them were rye. And we knew we wanted to do a bourbon with you guys. And Johnny had said, you're interested in doing a bourbon. And so we tasted through all of them. They were all, this is the nice, one of the nice things about bourbon is that it's always good, right? Yeah. It's always good yeah. from cast to cast to cask. 
But sometimes one cask will really pop. It'll really shine. And when we were tasting through the five of these, this one for us, it told this complete story from nose to palate to finish. It was just a damn good ride. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That pro pro level. Right there. I was I was wondering why you were looking up your sleeve yeah. before you started delivering mm-hmm. that, and then mm-hmm. you just pulled it out. That's that was a I saw him go like this. Actually, it wasn't a sleeve. It was a written <laughs> <laughs> on his hand. Palm with a glass. That was like yeah, this. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and it's, it was a good part. ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? You mentioned <clears throat> about you know <clears throat> with spirits how. You know, it's they're all kind of good in their own like little nuances, whatnot. My wife makes wine. Uh, she owns a mm-hmm. small winery, and mm-hmm. she harvests everything herself. And he makes all the calls in the vineyard, processes everything, and it's it's crazy that you know a couple of bad decisions in the vineyard or a couple of bad decisions in the winery, and it's garbage. Like you can't yeah. give it away. It's really finicky, and that's what yeah. I, I, I do appreciate about whiskey. Is there no saving it? Like when, when a wine goes bad, is it like you can't recast it and fix it or? I mean, no, not really. I mean, at a, at a certain level, <clears throat> you know, I mean, if you, you make some bad decisions or have a bad year or whatever the situation may be, have make some wrong decisions in the winery. I mean, it's done, but then I don't know if this is taboo or not, but what I like to do is I take if, which hasn't happened, but when she has like little leftover wine, like maybe, you know, five or six gallons here or there, I actually distill it and make a little bit of home. Uh, home hooch. Whoa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That is. And you've still got your sight. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. 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 If we can Alleg- find a single that Allegedly. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're making hand sanitizer. Yeah. We, hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> a good flavorful hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to go with red wine vinegar. You're you're creating cultures down in your shop there. No, just a uh, little bit of sipping. We, we like booze way more than salad. You can see. <laughs> 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 the partnership is whiskey and donuts, I suppose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so does this work for you? When you guys got your, your nose and your chops around this, what's it doing for you? I do love it because I love the vanilla hints to it. <clears throat> I love the barrel. Um, yeah, I, that that's, you know, when I was younger or, you know, uh, a smaller palate for American bourbon, <clears throat> you know, the, the harshness and that syrupiness is always what kind of steered me away from it. But this is super smooth. It's really clean on the palate, not a ton of bite on the backside. Um, I love the vanilla smell to it. And you can really taste that barrel in there. It, it holds the 101 proof quite well. As you're saying, like there's, there's, no, harshness, like there's no bite to this. Yeah. I, I do. That again, oh, I right. said I was happy that it was that, that uh, the 101 proof. Nice. That was uh, higher. Oh, no watered down party here. Yeah. I do like a higher horsepower uh, bourbon or whiskey. And that's, but sometimes you have to give up, you know, flavor for the alcohol content. This is extremely smooth. Yeah. I'm glad you're talking about the oak as well. That's one of the conversations Josh and I had in the, a previous episode about bourbon selection and him talking about it being a bit more grain forward. I prefer a little bit more oak framing. And I think this has that nice balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love an over oaky, but I do love the oak, the vanilla, the smoothness, how it calms down the alcohol. Absolutely. We were nervous. We started working with Johnny and you guys of going, we're like, oh, okay. what? Are, and then he was like, 
just be honest. And I was like, well, they're going through so much work. And then when we got it, we, we snuck into that one. And we're like, yes. <laughs> Thank God it's good. You know, you know, we selected a shit cast. Yeah, can you imagine? And a Coca-Cola at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great with Coke. Great with so, Coke. Uh, <laughs> I'm an ice guy. I'll do a little ice. I like a cold whiskey and ice. I can't do any mixers. Never have. Just to do the night sip on it and okay. get going. That's that's always been me. Yeah, we, we had this conversation with Eddie Russell one time where Eddie Russell will put, put in the ice. He'll pour the whiskey over the ice. Uh -huh. And his goal is to drink the whiskey before the ice starts that's to me. melt. That's me. That's yeah. me. I, look at that. You and Eddie Russell. The same, you're, the same but way different. You two could be second generation wild turkey. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Be? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Uh, so this, this is excellent. Yeah, really excellent. Yeah. So we, I, I grew up. I grew up thinking that the the year number was made it better or worse, and that's just not the case. In some some whiskey, you learn that it doesn't doesn't really matter because I've had some that are just like you know high number up there twenty four to and you're like, Ugh. yeah. So, yeah. so mm -hmm. I had to learn that before, and the price isn't always the the key either. You no. know what I mean? You mm -hmm. On it and know know what you want and what what to what you like. Yeah, we we always talk about it in in terms of age is not an indication of flavor; it's an indication or quality, but it's an indication of a flavor profile. An old whiskey can never do what a young whiskey does, and vice versa. And Absolutely. for this, we just wanted a nice all rounder, something that would be pleasing to multiple palates. Yeah, with this one. you guys did it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're, so we're so excited to be collaborating with you guys. We really appreciate that. I, I know we got to get out. I, I had one quick question for you. It's an Indian focused question, if you don't mind. Yeah. What about Indian? Like, I know fans of Indian. My One of my best and oldest friends, Jay, Jay Labby, who got into two motorcycle accidents on Indians. Pretty rough ones, too. He's still riding. He's still back. He's back on his Indian. Yeah. Like there seems to be a passion to that brand that that is unwavering. Yeah. And I wonder if A, you hold that and B, where that comes from. Yeah, you know, for, for me, you know, myself and Big B, we've grown up on V-twin motorcycles, you know, American yeah. V-twin motorcycles. And the thing I love about the Indian brand is, yes, there is the nostalgic piece. And when you really kind of get down into the market, you know, it's, you have that rivalry with the two major American brands. But, you know, what, what really steered me towards the Indian brand is just the aesthetics of the motorcycle, mm -hmm. you know, the rebirth of the brand, the, the, the time and energy and money they put into developing, you know, the motors, the chassis, the overall package. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, you know, through my motocross career, there's six to seven major manufacturers and I've ridden for five of them. And, you know, through mm -hmm. my career is always pursuing, it wasn't about brand loyalty, it was about pursuing the best motorcycle for the track or for freestyle. And, okay. you know, and, and that's, that's the competitive world of motocross. And when it came to street, you know, I just appreciate, you know, secondary to the brand is just the quality of the motorcycle that they build. And they're just yeah. light years ahead in the technology they're putting into it. And so, and I think what's really great is, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you know, maybe people that don't look at motorcycling the way that I do, but 
has this brand loyalty, it's created such a great competition again to the point of where I tell people this analogy all the time. You know, if 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 Indian hadn't come back through Polaris, we it's like Ford and Chevy. If there was no Chevy, we'd be driving 1989 Ford pickup trucks because there's yeah. no competition to make the yeah. truck better. <laughs> so competition is good for everybody and especially the end all and as the consumer. So uh, but it is it is really fun and it's a fun rivalry, you know whether it's at our good rides or at motorcycle competitions or just, you know, riding down the road and, you know, bumping into somebody over a burger, you know, that, that competition of the two brands and, you know, the checking out of each motorcycle and kind of picking things apart and, Oh, I like what you did there. And Oh, wait, I like what you did on that bike over there. Like, I think it's really healthy. And the HD yeah. guys are always so snotty, but it, it's good. So you pull up to an event and there's thousands and thousands of uh, bikes that look all the same. And then a guy pulls up on an Indian and you're like, all right, we and you are, you know, instantly drawn each other and become friends, talking different stuff. And, yeah. and I think it for for with Indian, the great thing is it's back to motorcycles. It's not back to t-shirts and leather uh, wallets. You know what I mean? That where that's what mm-hmm. you know HD started selling and, and making it such a a thing. Indian wanted to buy, uh, build a motorcycle that was a superior motorcycle that people enjoyed riding and go after a different cr- a crowd. It wasn't the the old school. Uh, angry biker guy and stuff and, and, you know, get people out to ride motorcycles and they're doing it. Females, you know, everyone's starting to get on bikes again and it's cool. What do you think? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you I, I, think, I think he's got a buzz. There are tears coming out of Big B's eyes right now. Like he's getting an emotional, <laughs> emotional, emotional over there. For everything you've done for me forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to ask you a quick question. I know I have to go, but a quick question. And this is probably extremely hard and it might be a loaded question, but you know, with your experience in whiskey and, and American bourbon, do you have a favorite or do you have a top three? I'm sure it's probably hard to say oh, a wow. favorite, but like, what is your top three? Oh, wow. We may have two different answers here, but Jason, yeah. you want to For whiskey writ large or for an American bourbon? At large. Oh, oh, gosh. Like if you were having your best friends over and the most important people in the world and you had to pull three bottles, what would it be? Oh, oh um, I, I know my answer is straight away. So Jason, you go ahead. No, go for it. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll both fill in the gaps and think of answers that aren't yours. Pour number one is the 21-year-old Lagavulin uh, bottled in 2007. I don't think the world has produced a more perfect spirit, a more perfect drinking beverage, period. Enough said. Number two would be the Octomore 4.2, which is known as Comus, Mm -hmm. which is heavily (laughs) peated Brooklady matured in in Sauternes casks. A sauterne is my favorite type of cast to mature whiskey in. And then three, and this is where the bourbon comes in, is going to be a wild turkey. It was it's it's colloquially known as cheesy gold foil, because I'll show it to you. Hold on. Okay. Because the packaging is cheesy gold foil like <laughs> packaging. And this was released in in um the late 80s, early 90s. And no one one bought it. No one gave a shit about bourbon back then. So this was, these bottles were just sitting on store shelves for literally decades. And, and now these, you know, these are, these are hen's teeth, but I would say this is 
perhaps this is easily the best bourbon I've ever had in my life. Hands wow. down. Hands that's down. A, yep. That's a that's a hell of a threesome. I would happily drink all three of those with you anytime and have. So cheers. Um yeah, my my number one is your number one. And 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 seriously for for um for Alicia, the the uh the Lagavulin 21 from 2007 is out of this world, absolutely oh, out of this yeah, world. Yeah, if she loves peated and, stuff, she she that would send her to heaven. Yep. And, and, and Joshua and I are, are not. We are old whiskey lovers, but we're not lovers of old whiskey, um, and so we don't go to twenty one just because it's twenty one. It's just a damn good whiskey. Uh, number number two for me, actually, if you talk about people coming over to my house, Compass Box do a bottling called Glasgow Blend. Obviously, I grew up just you know near Glasgow, and so having the Glasgow blend that I can pour for people, and it's got just enough peated kind of component in it to be interested. It's thirty five dollars a bottle, cheap as chips, yep. 43 percent alcohol, but not chill filtered. Absolutely fantastic. And then I would pull a little chig, and so just off camera here, I've got a floor to ceiling shelf of the chigs. Which is a you know a Highland peated whiskey on the the Mull, uh, the the Isle of Mull, and it's crack. It can be kind of dirty. You talk about getting your hands into motorcycles and grease and grime and oily rags. That's lechig in a nutshell. So, if if you guys came over, I'd be pouring a lechig for you. All right. Well. All right. I, I over here, I have my voice memo going, so I'm gonna have to track down those, those, those <laughs> four, four to five bottles. Yes, yeah, we, and we can we can help you. We can keep eyes open for you as well. But yeah, Glasgow Blend, you'll find cheapest chips everywhere. So no worries on awesome. that one for you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, chaps. It was a pleasure lifting a glass with you, especially of good rye bourbon. Well, thank you for having a couple of rookies on your show. We yes. really, really appreciate it. And and more than anything, thank you so much for supporting our little charity. Um, you know, we hope to do many more projects, uh, fun, authentic, exciting projects, and we just can't thank you enough. For those of you that that enjoy the conversation, I hope what you'll do now is is maybe listen in to yesterday's episode. Our, our guest on that one was Ewan Morgan. But for part of that episode, we we recapped our experience yeah. of that charitable event, which which really was fantastic and wonder, felt like a wonderful return to normal times. And I'll tell you, in being there, I saw the hard work that Kerry was putting in in person. Yeah, yeah. So was Big B. Johnny of Whiskey and Donuts and his wife Erica were busting their humps, slicing donuts, getting them into display, putting mm-hmm. them on tables, mm-hmm. right? The, the women who were working the front door were absolutely wonderful as well. Yeah. Yeah. Spoke to them a lot. They were busting their humps. We were pouring at tables. You know, everybody had the Tanks for Troops charity front and center in yep. their minds. Yep. It was great. It was a real honor to be a part of it and to participate with real, genuine folk round about us. There you go. Expertly put. Well done.
Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jason and I are the owners of, uh, of a company called J&J Spirits, and we release whiskeys under the Single Cask Nation label. And this bottling that we did for Tanks for Troops, for Good Ride, is exclusive to that charitable event. Yep. And a good number of the bottles were sold on that night. However, as I understand it, Carrie Hart is going to be posting some information about how you can purchase this bottle through Instagram and maybe on his website, I think. Yeah, uh, the word on this will be spread far and wide for people who follow the good ride, for people who follow Carrie, for people who follow Big B. Make sure you go give them a follow. Yes, so you're not missing out on information. Exactly. Give them a follow. Make sure you're not missing out on any information. And this is a charitable bottling. This is Tanks for Troops. We're trying to raise $20,000 for the U.S. troops, our American troops. So it is a $200 bottle. But understand that that money is going to a very good cause. You're not only helping out troops, but you're getting a bottle of damn tasty whiskey that's perfect for sharing. That pairs beautifully with a maple bacon bar. Or a vegan maple bacon bar. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Jason, I think that's you, and I think that's me, and we'll get out of here. Thanks again to to Big B and to, to Carrie. It was a wonderful time. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. and We've given a lot of thanks going around this. I also want to take a second to say thanks to Elijah, who came down from the state of Washington, helped us with the poor, blitzed it, and disappeared in the dead of night. We didn't even get to hug him goodbye, knuckle bump him goodbye, elbow bump him. We got none of those things. He disappeared off into the night. But he was a huge, huge help. He I mean, was great, incredible. Great lad. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was incredible. And and again to Johnny and to Erica, they put in having run our own festivals in three major cities over six years. We know what it's like to run a successful event. That shit ain't easy. <laughs> so kudos to them. And and finally, as we said in in yesterday's episode, season six, episode four, uh, thanks to Greg and Alphonse from the Water of Life film who came down and helped us mm-hmm. pour that collaborative bottling as well. Another collaboration. Right. right? That's what this industry is all about. If you're not yeah. collaborating, you're not having nearly as much fun as you could be. 100%. I'd almost say as much as you could Big B. <laughs> what did you just say? And always say as much as you could Big B. So you're not having as much fun as you could be. And I went with a, you're not having as much fun as you could Big B. Oh, I see what you did. You're a smart man. All right, dropping mics. Cheers, everybody. Thank you.